Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, Revolution family. We are back in studio. It is Chase and... Quinn. What, that was smooth. I appreciate you following <laughs> my lead on that. I'm go- this is like really high quality stuff. We got give and take. We got mm. flow. Dude, are we professionals or something? I think we might be. Ba- what What defines a professional podcaster? Mm. I don't even... Us. Uh, we are maybe making money. You know what? We're not there yet. No, then. we're not there yet. <laughs> but we're professional in every other sense. Oh, yeah. In the sense of having a podcast. Yep. In the sense of... We have a cool studio having a cool studio in the sense of having people who listen sometimes. Mm. Uh, these are all things professional podcasters have. We have a social media pa- platform. We have a social media platform. Is it as large as other people's? It's larger than some's. Mm. So that is a good thing. It's not where it could be, but it's better than it used to be. You know, isn't that just a story of life, Quinn? Wow. Maybe this podcast is a metaphor for our lives. Um how so? I don't think we need to go there, actually. <laughs> um, we have got an episode today. We're recording these a bit early. Again, Quinn, we're recording a bunch of stuff before you go to Austria for Cape and Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be in my first semester at Bible College. Um, and yeah, so this, but we're planning for this episode to be released the week before Halloween. And we're getting a little bit thematic. Next week, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. That's yeah. the episode that's coming out next week. But this week, just to get in the spirit of the season, we're like, what fits Halloween? The daemons. Sorry, you lost me in that last word. I totally don't know how, why <laughs> I said it like that. Uh, something glitched in my mouth. Um, demons. Oh, yeah, we're sorry. About, I heard demons. Yeah, I, I think that's probably what I said. We can move past it real quick. Um, demons. Uh, it's it's actually it's something I've said before, and and I believe this is like if if you just read the if if we had an alien species come and and they wanted to come into Earth, and the first thing we had them do before they're allowed to come in, the requirement was they had to read the Bible to learn about what Earth is like. That alien would come in thinking that there are evil spirits everywhere. Because that's the picture the Bible paints. Um, and a lot of uh, people like to paint that as superstition. A lot of people like to paint that as metaphor. Um, that's a very liberal way of thinking um, or just completely unbiblical. But if we are taking the Bible seriously, if we are taking it as a rational a rational text and a true authentic text, um, then I, I don't think we should toss out that picture. Um, the picture the Bible paints is that the world is filled with evil spirits. And mm-hmm. so I think it's worth talking about those things. Yeah. And specific, and you know, that's a huge, huge subject, but specifically we want to ask the question today, can Christians be demonized? Hmm. What do you think of that? I think it's a great question. I think so too. Um, where do you want to start off this conversation? Can um, Christians be demonized? Yeah. What is? What do we mean when we see demonized? Demonized. Awesome. 
Great question. Wow. Um, so demonized is a word that we're going to be using uh, that kind of replaces the popular word possessed, right? We, right. We, you'll often hear like demon possession, demons possess people. Um, but there's a reason, and you know, I'm, I, I, maybe I can preface this whole episode by saying this is not our ideas. Uh, this, this isn't anything we're making up. This, all, all our conclusions and thoughts, um, we do our best to draw them first from scriptures first from what we see in the Bible, and then also with the help of scholars who have faithfully studied the Bible and have shared their knowledge and made connections and had insights that we have not yet had the time to see. So nothing we say in this is our, or if a lot, maybe the, the bad ideas are our ideas, mostly mine. I, I, I have a lot of, I, I come up with as many ideas as possible. And so a lot of them are just bad and maybe you have a good one once in a blue moon. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it's just, we're trying to interpret the Bible the best as we know how. Yeah. Um, with the on help of own, other people. And then other people um, that we see as um, trusted sources, yeah. we, we're looking to them also for advice and help. Exactly. So a, a lot of the stuff in here that might seem like in-depth, complicated, maybe stuff you never thought of before, it's probably some really smart scholar's idea that we're just ripping off. So I'm going to preface everything by saying that. And that includes what I'm about to say here. So why use the word <laughs> demonized instead of oppressed? Uh, there's a few reasons that I actually do not like the word possession uh, in, in talking about things in the Bible. Uh, I, I can lay them up. One is that if you possess something, you have ownership and control over it. Um, the, the term demon possession is just like filled with images from movies like The Exorcist. That was a really popular movie. Um, a lot of sort of horror films. That's where ideas of demon possession mm -hmm. come. Um, the, the biblical maybe parallel to that would be the Gerasene demoniac, uh, the, the man who was... Uh, who. They tried to chain him, but he broke the chain. Right. He lived among yep. the graves, uh, screamed, Jesus cast the legion of demons from him into the pigs. Like that mm -hmm. guy, right? Maybe that's our picture of possession. But the, the thing is, is that that is not the complete picture of demonic activity the Bible always paints. The Bible speaks of demonic activity as if it exists on a sliding scale. Some are tempted by evil spirits, some are afflicted or influenced by evil spirits, and some are controlled by evil spirits. But those categories do not all fit with the word possession, right? Like we wouldn't say somebody is possessed by a demon if a demon is tempting them to sin. Um, the word possession fits better with the idea of control. But even then, I, I wouldn't use the word possessed because we're asking the question, can Christians be demonized? And spoiler, we're going to get to the answer, yes. But a demon cannot possess a Christian in the sense of having ownership over a true believer. Um, because, and I'll, I'll just say, and then you can jump in there. The reason is because as believers, we belong to God. And so possession is just a very bad word to describe demonic activity. Um, the, and, and, and also, I'll just say this, and then you can jump in with your thought there. The word possess is not in the Bible. It's nowhere in there. Um, I know it's translated into certain uh, versions of the Bible, but, but what the Bible, the word the Bible uses, they take the noun demon and they make it into a verb demonize. That's literally what the Greek does. Um, so an example of this is uh, like you take the English word lawyer and you make it into a verb by saying lawyered, right? Like you just got lawyered, right? Like that's a verb, oh, sorry, sorry, a noun. And we just kind of just tweak it to become a verb. That's what the Greek does with the word demon. So they don't take the word demon and say the demon possessed a person. It says the demon demonized. 
this person. That's what the Greek does. And so I believe to be faithful to that, uh, the, the language that God inspired in people, we should do the same thing in English. You had a thought. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry you, if I blew past it. No, 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 you're good. Uh, just trying to jump back to one part that you were saying. Are you saying that we, we can be demonized, but are you, are you saying that we can or can't be demonized? We can't. As so the answer, we're, we're going to work through stuff. We're not right. just going to say yes. And then, you know, that's the episode. Great five minutes, everybody. Um, but the answer we are going to work towards is that yes, Christians, believers can be demonized. Um, okay. I believe that's a picture the Bible paints, and I don't think that's a popular opinion nowadays. And I also want to say, I could be wrong. Like, I, I also don't know, like, this is going to be a conversation between us. This is a conversation with the people listening to us. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm saying is just what I've found reading scripture and interpreting it as best as I can. And I know not a lot, a lot of people will, will agree with me. Um, I would just say, let's try to keep an open mind to the truth that the Bible speaks rather than the truth that makes sense to us just from our thinking. So yeah, the answer we we're going to work towards is that yes, Christians can in fact be demonized. Okay. Yeah. And then what would you call it if they're, if you say that they can be tempted is they're not being demonized? Are they, what's in that middle? That this, I would, this, this is the reason we use the word demonization. That would be demonization in this picture. Um, demonization is a broad word that describes many, many things. It can be described like with the Gerasene demoniac in Mark 5, I think, Mark 5, uh, Mark 5. Um, it can be like full, total control like that. Um, then there's uh, people who have illnesses from demons, um, uh, like Peter's mother-in-law, uh, people who have seizures from demons, people uh, from which the demon speaks with a voice, people uh, where the demon... Um, causes them to become very antisocial and and exhibit shameful behavior cases where the spirit grants and we'll get into the effects of demonization okay. maybe a little bit later um, but essentially the point is that um, possession as a word describes a very narrow set of activity and we want to use the, the word demonization because demonization can describe a broad range of activity Plus, it's the word the Bible uses. And the Bible doesn't distinguish between like, this is one type of thing a demon does, and this is another type of thing a demon does, and this type of demon does this type of thing. It's like, no, evil spirits, their activity is all one thing, but it exists on multiple levels. Does that make sense? It's like yeah. when you're playing piano, you can like pluck out hot cross buns, or you can play some chords, or you can play a scale, or you can play Mozart, right? You're playing the piano, mm -hmm. but you're doing different levels of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the metaphor I'd use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, so so all, the, all those reasons, uh, possession does not fit the picture in the Bible. Like the word possession does not fit the picture in the Bible. The Bible speaks of demonic activity as if it exists on a sliding scale, and possession isn't even a word that's in the Bible. So it's a poor translation. Um, therefore, I think we can use the word demonize to refer to a range of demonic activity, not simply what people might think of as full-blown possession. I should note a lot of the stuff we pull in, one of the scholars that we are completely ripping off, plagiarism is the highest form of flattery, as we've mm -hmm. talked about before, is Sam Storms. Uh, we're going to link to a bunch of his resources in the show notes, some other resources on uh, people that we have copied and pasted from. <laughs> Not actually. Um, but I, I should note that Sam Storms and I would actually disagree on this. And so maybe I, I, maybe it's prideful of me to disagree with like an actual biblical scholar on this. Uh, he, he would say that uh, demonization doesn't refer to temptation or affliction. It only refers, refers to more of a 
possession sort of nature, a demon indwelling a person. Um, the only reason I, I, I do not disagree with his brilliance, I adore Sam Storms as a Christian, as a teacher, and as a pastor. The only reason I disagree with him in that is because I have not been convinced from scripture that that's the case. So uh, the way I read the Bible, demonization is a word that is used in the gospels um, to... Uh, in, re- in reference to specific demonic activity. And then in some of the letters later, um, it that, that word demonized isn't used, but the activity is still talked about. So they're referring to that word without using it. Does that make sense? Okay, so, yeah. so then now, what would Sam Storms say the temptation is? Tempta- he, I, I don't specifically know. I just, I remember I was, I was reading a bunch of his stuff, uh, like in preparation, like I've, I've read it before, then again, kind of reminding myself to make notes for this episode. And I remember seeing that and I was like, we disagree there. And that's so, like, it's okay to disagree. He's, you know, if, if we sat down to like hash it out, I'm sure he'd come out on top. Um, but just from where I'm at right now, though, what, what I've been convinced of in scripture is that demonization can and does in fact refer to temptation as well as more maybe um, in your face activity. Okay, so so you're almost broadening the scale above what Sam Storms above is? what Sam Storms would say. Okay, yeah, to what to what I just the picture I see in the Bible. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't I don't hold that super tightly. I hold it as tightly as I think is appropriate. Like that's what I've seen. And then if you know if Sam Storms was to talk to me and like lay out his reasoning super clearly and it biblically made sense, then of course I'd do that. Like I- I'm willing to follow wherever the Bible leads me. I'm just not willing to go where the Bible doesn't lead me. So that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So so when, when you ask the question, what do we mean when we say the word demonized? That's what we're talking about. Um, demonic affliction from an evil spirit um, to tempt a person, to try to gain control over a person's life and try to lead them astray from God. Those are usually the goals of demons that we see in the Bible. Um, got it. Any confusions, questions coming off from that? No, I got, no. I got some thoughts for later though, but Sweet. we're good. Awesome. I, I, and that's very exciting. Uh, don't lose them. <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe we've talked about them before, but. Oh, that's okay. I don't mind doing that. Okay. Sounds awesome. good. Um, so I guess maybe we can, uh, I, I know, again, this isn't a super popular opinion, maybe that Christians can be demonized and affected and uh, attacked and severely attacked by demons. Um, so there's some objections that I'll, I'll try to think up as many objections as we can, try to get into them. Um, so maybe we can go through, through some objections and rebuttals and you can jump in, clarify, tell me if I'm being confusing or if things don't make sense. I'll work? try my best. Awesome. All right. So, so what are some objections? Uh, let's, and a lot of these come from the Bible, which I appreciate. So first John three verse eight says, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So when we say Christians can be demonized, are we saying that Jesus didn't accomplish his purpose on earth? I'd say, of course not. Um, read Colossians 1 verse 13. It says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So I think this, this verse in 1 John isn't actually talking about, um, what would you say, the present activity of the devil, the present work of the devil. Um, like we can say it like this, like, let's be honest about the power of Satan. It's significant. Later in first John chapter five, verse eight, he says, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So 
when John says that the Son of God appeared, the, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, that, that, is, that is going to happen, right? Like, of course, that's, that's part of the reason Jesus came. But the, the step that has been taken in that regard so far is transferring us out of the kingdom of Satan and into the kingdom of God. No longer are we kept blind by Satan. That's another, Paul says in 2 Corinthians that mm. we can be kept blind, that, that Satan keeps the eyes of unbelievers blind to the things of God. And so when Jesus is destroying the works, that's one work that he's destroyed, right? Like he destroys the work of blindness in the lives of believers. He, he has given them the ability to see his light. And so he transfers them out of the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of God. And so th- this objection of like, are we saying that Jesus didn't destroy the works of the devil? I'd say you're, you're, we're maybe twisting that verse to try to say something that it doesn't. And so just by reorienting ourselves on what, uh, John actually meant by writing that, that objection is cleared up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, another objection can come from Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. And that says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish and guard you against the evil one. So what are we saying? Are we saying that God is unfaithful or that he doesn't have the power to guard us against demonic attacks? Again, I would say not at all. Jesus said in uh, the gospel of John, no one will snatch my sheep out of my hand. The promise here, uh, th- this, this is the important part. The promise in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 is not that we will never be affected by spiritual attack. Jesus also said, in this world, you will have trouble. But the promise is that these attacks will never steal our salvation mm-hmm. from us, yeah. right? If we are a child of God, then the Holy Spirit has sealed us forever as a down payment of our salvation. So the Lord is faithful. He will establish and guard you against the great power of the evil one, right? To steal you away from God. That will never happen. Um, there are, I mean, there are, uh, maybe you can ask, well, are you sure that like, are you sure of that interpretation? Like the text doesn't seem to plainly say what you're saying. Couldn't it, maybe you could like, it's more of a uh, coin toss, right? Like either interpretation makes sense. Um, well, yes. And that's why we have to, like the, the context for a verse is the rest of the Bible too. So let's, let's go through the rest of the Bible. Um, I, I think this interpretation fits very well with a number of texts that make it clear that we as believers will be attacked by Satan and his allies and none too gently. First, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul writes, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. In 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Why, why would Peter warn us against Satan if Satan can't touch us, right? Like if, if, if the verse in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 3 means like the evil one cannot do anything to us, why on earth would Peter warn us to be on our guard against Satan? It makes no sense. It does, however, fit with the interpretation that what Paul mentions in 2 Thessalonians is that like we can trust in the faithfulness of God to not let any spiritual evil separate us from him. Actually, uh, this is kind of uh, off the top of my head, so I apologize. I'm going to flip open to Romans 8, um, the end there. 
Um, Paul writes, for I am sure that neither death nor life, Mm -hmm. nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present nor to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the point right? Like that not even a demon can separate us from the love of God. Of course, we can still like sin and and, like bad things can and will happen. But ultimately, as a child of God, nothing can separate you from God eternally. So that's the point I think Paul's making there. Yeah. And and I think also like we can look at these these verses and see them as... um talk with with demonization um but but i think it's also a great reminder and a great promise that um no matter what you go through um if you're a child of god if you love god and follow him there is a light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and and there is something there for you and and that that is jesus there is the hope and peace that comes with knowing him at the end of the day when tough times come around you you still have that because um like Jay said, nothing can snatch you out of the hand of God. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe another another objection that can come up is, well, how can a demon be in a Christian if the Holy Spirit is in them? Have you heard that before? Or no. Well, not as much. That's okay. That I mean, I, that, you know, I hear that a lot. Like, well, how can a demon be in a Christian if the Holy Spirit is in it them? It makes sense that it's asked a lot. It makes sense. Does that, like, that, that yeah, seems yeah. like a fair question, right? Mm-hmm. And it does. And then... I wrote in my notes that this is a silly question if you think about it. And and I, I do think that. I, I think like it makes sense on the surface. Like, well, if the Holy Spirit is in a Christian, how can a demon also be in them? Right. right? Like that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason I think the question is maybe a bit silly is because if you think about it, it implies one of two things, right? There's two options that you mean by this question. One, it implies that a demon cannot fit inside a Christian because the Holy Spirit is filling all of them up. Um, and that is a ridiculous thing uh, to think because the Holy Spirit is God omnipresent everywhere all the time. So he is everywhere all the time, including where Satan and his demons are, even if they're not in a Christian, right? So we're, we're applying spatial terms to spiritual realities. Um, whether a demon is in a Christian or not, the Holy Spirit is there just as much as he is in a Christian in a spatial sense. So it doesn't make sense to say that, well, a demon can't fit inside a believer if the Holy Spirit is there. So that's the first thing that implies that's a bit silly. Second, this question, um, how can a demon be in a Christian if the Holy Spirit is them? It implies that the Holy Spirit is too pure to dwell in the same space as an evil spirit that makes a little bit more sense than the first one. Yeah. yeah. And and I would say it it also in just as you were saying that I was thinking it's like you're also not 100% perfect. Mm. Right? Yeah. You are going to do things that you would consider sin. Yeah. Right? And so if if you're not perfect, well, there is room for things to sneak in. For sure. I mean, that's why uh, the apostle Paul says, "Do not let the sun go down on your anger lest the enemy gain a foothold." within you. Why would he warn against the enemy gaining a foothold within you unless it was actually possible? And then there's three pieces from the Bible that maybe we can see to this objection that, well, the Holy Spirit is too pure to dwell in the same space as an evil spirit. Evidently not true. One, Satan appears in the throne room of God in Job 1 verse 6. Two, Satan tempts Jesus in Mark 1, 12 to 13, and a demon oppressed the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7. Satan appears in the throne of God, clearly evil spirit in the presence of God, but it isn't impossible, okay? Satan tempts Jesus. Again, evil spirit in the presence of God. 
still is possible. Third, a demon oppressed Paul. Read that passage. Uh, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. That That is not like just a demon that is somewhere around Paul. That is a demon that is a thorn in the flesh. What, what's the picture of a thorn in the flesh? Inside you, burrowing, digging, infecting, giving pain. Um, and this is the apostle Paul, clearly sanctified, clearly justified, clearly continually growing and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet a demon was able to demonize him, to oppress him, to afflict him. And so just looking at these three things, like clearly the Bible doesn't, like it allows for evil spirits to dwell in the presence of a holy God. Mm -hmm. um, not happily, maybe not, not um, perfectly, but like God, again, is omnipresent. Um, and so we might, and so even, even the objection is saying, well, God might be everywhere, but he doesn't dwell everywhere in a special sense, right? Like in the Old Testament, we see God dwell in the tabernacle and dwell in the temple and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, maybe he's everywhere, but he dwells within us. He gives special attention, affection, and love. So he dwells within us. And so he says, well, when, the, when, the, when God is dwelling somewhere, then sp evil spirits can't be there. Again, not true. Satan, throne room of God. If if there is anywhere for God to be dwelling, it's his own throne room. Jesus, um, in, in Colossians says, in him, the, all the fullness of deity dwelled bodily. So God dwelled in Jesus. So again, bad argument. Also, Paul, the Holy Spirit indwelled him and a demon could still oppress him. So clearly this, this objection just, again, does not work. Question for you. Yeah, what do you got? Would you say, from from what we talked about in the beginning, would you say Jesus was demonized then? Um, yes, yeah. J Jesus, uh, Jesus was tempted by Satan um, many several times, like uh, like in the beginning of his ministry, um, before he began preaching. But then also, like and, and like read the Gospel of Luke, like that episode at the beginning. It says Satan left him until a more opportune time. That wasn't a one and done deal. Um, and then what do we read? Satan. Like d Satan um, demonized um, Judas. Uh, Satan led him to betray Jesus. That was like like the Garden of Gethsemane um, was as much a confrontation. It, 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 it's a, actually a very dramatic um, narrative if you read it properly because you realize that Satan is there bringing Jesus to be delivered up to crucifixion. Um, and so, yeah, like... Satan definitely tempted, oppressed, afflicted Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I would, by, by that definition, yeah, like Jesus was demonized. Um, not in the sense of being indwelt by a demon in, in any way, of course. Right. But like we said, it, it is not like demonization isn't a word that refers to just one specific thing. It's, it's a broad scale. So yes, in that sense, Jesus tempted by Satan to the uppermost. I would say Jesus in his temptation by Satan was tempted more than any believer past or present ever has been. Because uh, like when you're being tempted, the longer you're tempted, the more difficult it becomes to withstand the temptation until it stops. And Jesus hadn't eaten anything for 40 days. Right. And so, but Jesus withstood that temptation all the way to the end. Um, and so yeah, like Jesus absolutely was afflicted by evil spirits. Um, and maybe it feels weird to say Jesus was demonized and Jesus was oppressed by an evil spirit, but like that's literally just what happened. Satan tried to get him to sin. Um, like 
what more would you want from the word like a de- like demon affliction, demon oppression, demonization? Mm-hmm. Um, that's totally what it means. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I would say Jesus was demonized for sure. And so kind of it's it's I guess on the opposite side of the the scale, um, where someone is if what I'm gathering, where one person who was, I, I think you mentioned in the chains, um, they couldn't hold them back. Yeah, the Gerasian demoniac. Yeah, so there's that person on one side and on the other side, there's there's Jesus. Yeah, like you could think of it like Not, that, not sure. really a different level necessarily, maybe. You could think of it as a different level, but it's just yeah. a, an opposite side of how the devil is is coming at someone. Yeah, yeah, or, or demons more yeah, broadly demon, than just the right. devil. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, and I would say all demonization begins with temptation. Uh, I, th- I think that's a picture the Bible paints 100%. Like mm-hmm. the Gerasene demoniac, probably it wasn't just one day he was fine and the next day he's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it begins with a love affair with a demon. Not, I'm, I don't mean that in a weird sense, but but in the sense of being enticed, being tempted, g- them gaining a foothold. And it totally makes sense. Like we're told we're born sons of Satan, so- children of wrath. Uh, under the power of the prince of the power of the air, right? Like we're born into Satan's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so living apart from God, we just live in all these different things that we see in the Bible lead people to be demonized. Anger, lust, um, witchcraft, uh, all, all these like living like a secular sinful life, like just completely, like you said, Quinn, it leaves you open to these different things. Um. They are, yeah, opportunities for the enemy to gain a foothold. It's actually interesting. Back in the day, I, 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 want, I can't remember if it's a specific denomination who did this or just Christians at a certain point in history, but the, maybe, maybe it was just one denomination. I'll say that because maybe it's a bit safer, but there were these Christians who whenever a new believer would come um, in, into their midst, they would like, um, well, what, what would they do? Would they just baptize them or would they like, they would do a specific um healing process to um get them to like to, like a, maybe it would, maybe it was confession and a prayer of healing over them specifically for s- evil spirits that were afflicting that person just because they they just assumed like because you're because before this you were living in sin you were living in the world you were a child of satan a child of destruction a child of wrath because that's the life you were living they just assumed everybody living that way had an evil spirit afflicting them that's just the way they thought. And so when you came to the church, you, you had to be cleansed of that. And so, um, and that, that and there is a very intentional breaking of that power. Um, and so it, it, it's just interesting uh, the way we've kind of changed our tune. Because I think nowadays we think of a lot of those sins as not so bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so anyways, that, that was maybe a little bit of a side note. But I, I would say that, uh, again, picture the Bible paints and uh, of the view of a lot of believers up until recent times is that um, evil spirits are very, very common in the world. And uh, demonic affliction doesn't mean like that full-blown, like floating in the air, voices coming out of you, uh, crawling on the walls kind of possession that we might see in movies. But it, it can be as simple as um, habitu- like like the demon driving you to habitual sin, um, driving you to um, uh, like a disease, an illness, those different sorts of things. Um, would that be, would this be a good time to talk about the effects of demonization? I feel like it kind of flows. It was a good transition point Mm -hmm. there. Um, so in other words, what can demons do to people? So I'm quoting Sam Storms on nine effects of demonization we see in the Bible because he had a very helpful list. And then I just added a few of my own at the end because we do have slightly different definitions. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, so one, projection of a new personality in the victim, often to the virtual eclipse of the victim's personality by that of a demon. Two, extraordinary physical strength. You see that in Mark 5. Three, fits of rage or extremely violent behavior. Interesting, he quotes Saul in 1 Samuel 9, 18 to 10. Remember when he threw that spear at David? It's okay if you don't remember no, that. No, I don't Anyways, uh, an evil spirit, like a, a demon demonized Saul. Okay. Um, who was a chosen king of God. I would oh. say a believer, like like justified. I'm remembering um, the story, yep. Yeah, and the demon drove Saul to try to kill David. Uh, number four, screaming and speaking by an alien voice through their own mouth. Also seen in Mark 5, verse 7. Five, um, self-destructive behavior, Mark 5, 5. Six, antisocial behavior often designed to humiliate the victim. Look in Luke 8, 27. Uh, seven, physical disease disability, deformity, or chronic pain. I added chronic pain because uh, of the Apostle Paul. This can come in many forms. I, uh, he clarifies, and this is a good clarification, this does not mean all disease is caused by demonic influence, nor that all those who are demonized have a disease or disability as a result. Um, and and I, that's just an important clarification because when, when you get into conversations like this, people can tend to start seeing demons around every everything, right? Like, oh, you're sick. You must have a demon. Or if somebody claims to be demonized, it's like, oh, what's like, what's wrong with you? People just assume that sickness is directly linked to demonic activity. And that's just not true. Okay. Um, um, do you want to break in say here? then is the differing factor? Uh, whether there's a demon or not. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's the differing factor. Like oh, if an illness like, is caused by demonic affliction, there's a demon there. But if it isn't, then there's not one. But when when can let's say you tell? Oh yeah. Oh oh sure. Fair. That's that's a good question. Um. Well, the one of the gifts of the spirit is discernment between uh a good uh pure and evil spirits. I can't remember the phrasing. Good and evil spirits, maybe. We'll see us be that one. Um. But that's what that's that's one of the gifts of the spirit for a reason because that is important to know sometimes. Um. I would say. Like if you're trying to discern if an evil spirit is at play, um, it's worth knowing what the Bible says about how people can be demonized. Okay. Um, and then it is also worth praying to God to like let you know. Mm -hmm. um, because if God wants you to know and you ask him to tell you, like you're like he'll let you know, right? Like if, if that's something he wants you to know and you directly ask him to tell you, that kind of clears the air there. So yeah, I mean, what's how, like, what's the difference between, you know, like if, if somebody's sick, how do you know if they're demonized or not? Or like, what's the difference between somebody who's sick because of demonization and somebody who isn't the presence of a demon? How do you discern that? Um, you familiarize yourself with what the Bible says about how people can be demonized and then pray in the spirit, um, talk with the person. Um, yeah, th that's what I'd say there. Um, Continuing on with the effects of demonization, number eight, resistance to repentance and other forms of spiritual healing. Uh, you see that in a lot of demons who do not, who uh, who hate Jesus when they see him. Um, number nine, clairvoyance uh, or the um, supernatural sight in a sense. So if you look in Mark 5, 7, the demonized man knew immediately who Jesus was without having to be told. Did you ever watch America's Got Talent where they had a, this act called the clairvoyance. Mm, I heard about it. My parents didn't let us watch it. You know, my parents didn't either. Yeah, uh, I think for this reason. And I never understood why. Yeah. And and then like, I, I read this list when you sent it to me and I was like. This checks out. It all makes sense. Then it, and then yeah. it was just kind of creepy after you watch it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. 
yeah magic like there's some great like 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 in, in the sense of like practical illusions magic acts uh then you read the bible about like you read the bible stories about witchcraft and divination and all these different things and sometimes some of the stuff you see is like like i know like a lot of it is just made up but then there's then sometimes like not on like the big stages but just like yeah anyways we don't have to get into that sometimes it's even just the way they present themselves they they that they definitely lots of people will lean into maybe the occulty witchcrafty demon ish side of things and that just yeah would make me very very deeply uncomfortable mm -hmm. even if it is just a practical illusion it's like don't like that's not something to mess around with mm -hmm. kind of why we're doing this episode a week before halloween it's a it's a temptation it into, is a temptation into giving sure. into that um demon yeah i mean c.s lewis i wish i pulled some quotes from the screw tape letters uh, go read the screw tape letters if you haven't um c.s okay. lewis's fictional um correspondence between uh an, a demon who's new on the job of tempting a christian to his older uncle uh it is really funny at points and really scary at others um but uh, maybe maybe it's in the introduction that he essentially says uh there are two bad habits to have around uh the supernatural um one is he one is what he calls materialist you just don't care about it all and you don't believe in it so demons just aren't real this the other one that you want to avoid is what he calls magicians or people who are like way too fascinated in those things and play around with those things and experiment with those things just you know even even in a harmless intent just to see but playing around with things that you're not meant to play with is dangerous um anyways uh so we said clairvoyance uh so those are the nine from sam storms uh he he actually he had a very nice article that was like 10 and it was a clean 10 and then i combined one, two of them and so he has nine points here oh. and then we're gonna we're gonna add three I'm, I'm i'm just completely messing with this stuff today uh we'll add three effects uh 10 temptation unto sin 11 harassment to produce anxiety and depression especially regarding one's position to and relationship with god uh, i add that because of the story of job um, and 12 divination. I'm actually kind of surprised Sam didn't have that in his because even by his definition of demonization, this totally fits. What can you explain divination? The ability to see the future. Clairvoyance is the ability to see the present. Divination is the ability to see the future. Uh, go read Acts 16, 16. Uh, Paul uh, casts a demon out of a girl who has a spirit of divination. Um, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's that. I was a little bit surprised that Sam didn't have that because that's pretty clear. Um, anyways, I, I, maybe a note we can add about all these effects um, is that like all, all of these things can exist in varying degrees um, and no one person who is demonized must display all of these to an extreme degree. Like not everybody, like, like we said at the beginning, sliding scale, not everybody who is demonized is going to be committing like murders uh, with extraordinary strength, speaking in alien voices with a new personality, um, cutting themselves uh, like cut off from the world like being able to see the future and having demonic insight into things like that's not going to be everybody some people being demonized are tempted that that was jesus right um so can be different things there um and also this list is not exhaustive um i'm sure like like sam apparently missed the divination piece i'm sure we've missed lots of lots of different things that the bible points to and even uh, even i would say even everything in the bible i don't the bible never attempts to present it as an exhaustive thing right like if the bible wanted to give us like these are the things a demon can do i think they would have like a list would be in there of all the things mm -hmm. but what we observe is just what god wanted to show us in the bible and i, I don't think it's meant to be taken as exhaustive um like a lot of different lists in the bible 
Um, so yeah, that that's kind of um, a bit about the effects of demonization. Any questions, points you want to hit on, things you've thought? No. I, see, I see you typing away on your on your laptop over there. What what are you what are you thinking? I, I got some end of show thoughts. Oh, that I don't end, end of show stuff. Oh, you don't want to spoil. Well, no, we're we're not quite there yet. That's true. That's true. We're getting close. Um, is there any like I don't know what what would you can you think of anything like 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 what else would people want to ask about this? I know some people don't even believe in demons. Um, but if if you believe the Bible is the word of God and you believe it's true, you, you kind of have to. I, I know maybe it can seem silly, um, but I think that's because or like yeah, silly, ridiculous, um, ancient, superstitious. But I think that's because we have a bad idea of what demons are. It's been influenced by a lot of pop culture. Just on like read the Bible with an open mind and come to me, like read the whole Bible. Like if, if you're, if you're serious and you want to say demons don't exist and I can say that biblically, because if you can't say it biblically, then I'm not believing you. So if you want to biblically say that demons don't exist, I, w- I would appreciate if you went through the Bible carefully, took notes on like demonic spiritual activity or like anything the Bible says, and then come to me and give me a case as to why none of that's actually true. Because everybody knows that there are stories of demons in the Bible. So I would like you to go through it find those stories and make a case to me that those are pretend or not true anymore today. Even you don't have to do like, old Testament. You'll just be knocked clean out of the water, but like even just even do, do one of the gospels, do the gospel of Mark, go through the gospel of Mark, re, like re, jot down the references for all the stories that include unclean, evil spirits, demons, fallen angels, um, write down those references and then prove to me that those were pretend or don't happen anymore today. You can't. Um, I would. I would love to see. I would. I would love if somebody tried. Like, I'm not trying to be mean or like try to poke fun at people, but like genuinely, I, I would love. Like, like if you're able to build a case like that, I would love to read it. Because if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Um, but also, if I'm, if we're right, then we're right. And if the Bible, like this, like you know, believing in demons versus not believing demons makes a pretty big difference in your life. Like, like Peter says, like be sober minded, be watchful. You're adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour if you don't believe that's a real threat how much easier do you think it would be for a lion to eat you if you saw it and went oh that's probably not real and let it run right up to you and like rip your throat out a lot easier than if you shot it with a gun Mm -hmm. or stabbed it with the sword of the spear which is the word of god shameless plug um yeah so anyways i I would i would just say shameless plug for the bible Eh. Uh, (laughs) i would i would just say like you know you you do that's a pretty important question right like you can't just say well demons probably aren't real and leave it out of that you need to like go if you if you don't think that i think you need to go through the bible quite seriously and make sure of yourself um, so maybe we can like what 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 do we do with this? We talk a lot about thing. We talk a lot about things. I'll just there's a great quote from one of Sam's articles. Uh, he says this. It's a pretty long quote, so bear with me. But it's it's I I love it. He says, if I were to tell you that a Christian can be demonized, you might be frightened. But if I were to tell you that a Christian can be hit by a passing car, you don't get scared. You simply take steps to stay out of traffic. You don't walk into the middle of a busy street. You don't live in constant worry or fear simply because it is possible to get hit by a car. And if the car jumps the curb and chases after you, one only need run inside the building for protection. Likewise, if it were possible for a Christian to be demonized, do not be afraid. Rather, follow the steps outlined in scripture, employ the protection made available by the Holy Spirit, and if you get chased anyway, seek refuge and protection in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul did. The apostle Paul um, was demonized, a messenger from Satan, a thorn in the flesh to harass me. And he went to Jesus 
And even in those cases, like Jesus did not just remove that demon from afflicting him, but he did give him comfort within that. And Paul was able to rejoice in his affliction. Um, so yeah, I just encourage you, like, and like we said, Jesus says, no one will snatch him out of my hand. Second Thessalonians 3, 3, God is faithful. Um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. So, uh, yeah, like th this isn't something to be frightened by. Um, it is something to be wary of for sure. The Bible says to be wary of it. The Bible says to be aware of it, but the Bible also outlines quite clearly how we protect ourselves and our hearts and our souls. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of my thing there. And uh, if, if you're wondering like, how do we deal with stuff like this? Uh, go listen next week to our episode on spiritual warfare on Halloween day. Um, yeah. What, what, what are your kind of end of show thoughts you were jotting down there? Yeah. And I, and I think kind of what you said, um, ways to guard ourselves, we're, we're going to spend a, a good chunk of our time looking at the armor of God. Um, I, I would say first off, um, read the armor of God. Mm. It, it tells us how to battle against Ephesians six. Yes. Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, against, uh, demons and so that we can't we don't even get into that temptation because like you said it a lot of times it starts with that temptation right um and as we give into it we, we give into the demon into the oppression and soon enough we're quote unquote fully demonized but yeah kind of kind of some some end of show thoughts you know this is definitely a heavier episode um we're talking about demons that that's okay we, we think it's something that needs to be talked about especially it's in the bible yeah <laughs> it's in the bible we should talk about it um but yeah, I, I, I think it's okay to be talking about this, especially around Halloween. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's good to be watchful and, and mindful of these kind of things. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to let you know that you don't have to go into these temptations and mm. this quote-unquote demon fighting alone. Mm. Um, because we, we have the Bible. Yeah. We have the Bible to look at. Like, like I said, the armor of God is there for us. Ephesians 6, read that, study it, listen to our episode next week. Mm -hmm. It's we, we have some stuff to say about that. Yeah. Um, but, but for someone who might think someone has a demon or they've, they've just like got some whack things going on, mm -hmm. um, pray to God that he would, yeah. that he would open your mind about those kind of things. Yeah. Pray to him that he would, he would give you a clear conscience about this person. Yeah. Um, and then pray for them yourself. Yeah. Um, don't stop praying for people around you. Yeah. And, and then ultimately just c continue to press in and love them. For sure. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah. And, and like I said, guard, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart against every evil thing. And, and also remember, like you said, these, these things, they can't snatch you out of Jesus' hand. If you are a child of God, you are saved, you are loved. Yeah. Um, but that might mean you, you might, um, go through a rough patch in that time. For sure. Yeah. Um, but there is light at that end of the tunnel. Absolutely. Uh, I'm probably going to just give a bogus reference here. Proverbs 21. 23. Um, I might be totally off, but I'm, I'm going to quote something from that is in the book of Proverbs. Sweet. Um, ESV says, above all else, guard your heart for from it flow the springs of life. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's poetic. NIV maybe puts it a bit clearer. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So just heading off what you said there about like guarding your heart. Um, guard your affections toward Jesus. Guard your affections towards God. Be sure you're delighting in the things of God. So those are the things you want to pursue. Um, and yeah, like like spiritual enemies aren't things to be afraid of. 
um, not, not whatsoever. That, that we're not trying to stir up fear or confusion or a weird, um, false mysticism or anything like that. We're not. We're not trying to introduce mumbo jumbo. We're trying to be straight about what the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean the, the ultimate protection against all things um not just demon but like a lot of things demonization can lead to and the tactics they employ um stirring up anxiety stirring up depression um stirring up temptation those sorts of things but also natural temptation um temptation that comes from your sinful nature um dis- de- uh, 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 what would you say a ruinous dissatisfaction with God. What conquers those things normally? We'll get into maybe this in spiritual warfare a little bit, but I'll just put a piece here for people. Um, Seek out your position before God. Seek out your identity as a child of God. Maybe you've heard that phrase before, child of God. What on earth does that actually mean? Do you even know what the Bible says about that? Do you even know what the Bible says about what it means to be a child of God? Do you, do you know what it means when it says that that the point of the gospel is that we may inherit the unsearchable riches of Christ? Learn about the love that Jesus has ravished on us. Learn about our purpose on earth and then just Seek to glorify God by enjoying and delighting and gaining pleasure from him and him alone. Um, And that, like, as you do that, you will just be radically transformed by God. I will take out your heart of stone. I will put in you a heart of flesh. Um, And, you know, that contentment and love and delight in God is something that no demon can break down. And they may try. And, but like you look at Paul, like the messenger of Satan was trying to tear away his contentment in Christ. And maybe it worked for a minute because Paul went to Jesus, like, Jesus, take this away from me. And Jesus said, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Be satisfied in me. You don't need anything else. You just need me. And Paul found joy even within being demonized even within affliction, uh, sorry, affliction and chronic pain from an evil spirit, he experienced the love and joy in Christ. Uh, and so I, that's what I'd encourage everybody to seek out. Um, but men, we have reached the end of our time for this episode today. Whatever you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, just encourage you guys to follow the show, leave a review. It's a small, easy way to help us, but it does go a long way. Follow us on Revolu- uh, on Instagram, sorry, at Revolution Pod for more updates and other things that we are up to, resources that come out there. Um, and if you think this episode would be useful, interesting, insightful uh, for a family member or a friend or somebody at your church, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, unashamedly, we would love if you send it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, we we love. Uh, engaging with ideas if you guys have pushed back on this episode if you guys have questions if you have concerns if you think we've said something very very wrong we love engaging with people's thoughts so like message us on instagram emails email us you can leave um answers like you can actually interact with this episode itself if you're on spotify you can leave questions and reviews if you're on apple uh anyway if you guys want to interact and push back and talk with us about our positions um about the bible and about what you believe we love that so yeah send this out um and engage where you'd like to engage and we'll see you next week halloween to talk about spiritual warfare see ya